Hey, everybody. We want to thank you all who have supported the show. And anybody who is interested in supporting the show can check us out on Patreon. Patreon.com slash xchateau, or you can find the link on xchateau.com. We have over 100 episodes, and by becoming a patron, you can get access to 100-plus episodes. Welcome to X Chateau. X Chateau. The podcast that navigates the business of wine with unique perspectives and insights. With your host, Robert Vernick and Peter Young. Welcome to this episode of X Chateau, and we're back talking about sustainability. And we have Anna Britton, Executive Director of Napa Green and guest of episode 115, The Economics of Sustainability, telling us about the seven strands of sustainability of her definition, and the six of which, which is probably what most people think of when they think of sustainability, climate action and regenerative agriculture. So why is this part of your definition of sustainability, Anna? Everything we've been talking about so far, all of these pillars or strands, however we refer to them, they all roll into climate action. If you're saving energy, you're reducing emissions. If you're saving water, you're reducing energy use, you're reducing emissions. If you're creating less waste, you're reducing the number of waste management trucks on the road picking up your waste. The more you get employees engaged, the more they take this home. And so that's expanding climate action as well. But then there's these really specific climate action activities that we typically think of, right? There's renewable energy. Are you installing your own solar? Or at least here in California, many uh, communities have what's called a community choice energy provider. So you can choose to opt into a higher level program and get all of your energy from renewable sources, even if you don't have your own solar. There's things like electric vehicles. And so there's these specific climate actions in the wine industry, reducing shipments to the winery, reducing shipments from the winery. That's a big, important part of climate action. And then there's helping people understand this new buzz term, regenerative carbon farming. What does that mean? That's all of these ways that you can store more carbon in the soil. So farmers can play this very active role in climate change mitigation. And it has all these win-win-win benefits for soil health and for great quality. And the big piece here of thinking overarching climate action is we have the premier agricultural product, I would say. And so our sustainability leadership, our climate action leadership gets noticed and it has a ripple effect. And so this is kind of that umbrella that that goes over all of our sustainability activities. Welcome to this episode of X Chateau. Today, we are continuing our series on a group of interviews that will be discussing the key pillars of sustainability for the wine industry. And our guest is Marie-Catherine Dufour, Technical Director at the Bordeaux Wine Council. Marie-Catherine, welcome to the show. Thank you. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. I was hoping you could give me and Peter a brief overview of your background and your role as part of the Bordeaux Wine Council. Yeah, I am the lucky daughter of wine growers in the Côte de Bourg, in the north of Bordeaux. I studied in agronomy. At the beginning of my career, I studied different varieties and the rootstock, the part of the vine that is in the soil. After, I worked with the nursery growers in order to improve the qualities of the vine plants. After that, I was a manager of a team of scientists on the vine and the wine at the French Institute of the Wine and the Vine. And now I'm the director of the technical department of the Bordeaux Wine Council. If I want to sum up my mission, I could say I have to think about the innovation needs of the sector in order to permit to the companies to be more competitive. Got it. And so as this is a broader series on sustainability, 
We're curious, what does sustainability mean to you and how does climate action and regenerative agriculture fit into it? As for me, sustainability is a notion that permits to link environmental, social and economic issues. And of course, when you think about climate, you think about the environmental pillar, but the climate change is also a problem for the health of the population and it has economic impact. That's why when we work on the climate and on the climate change, we can speak about sustainability. Why is Bordeaux as a region such a strong proponent of climate action? And what are the goals for climate action for Bordeaux? In fact, for more than 20 years, Bordeaux Vineyard has been following collective environmental approaches supported and carried out by the Bordeaux Wine Council. So it's not something that we decided yesterday. We did our first carbon assessment in 2007. In 2019, we did the third one, and we can see a very encouraging results between the first and the third carbon assessment as we reduce by 39% our emission of greenhouse gas. Following this third carbon assessment, and to be consistent with the Paris agreements and the French national strategy, we decided to set up a carbon strategy of the Bordeaux sector. And for that, we used mathematics modelization that is called science-based targets that permit to define trajectory in order to participate at the limitation of the global temperature to 2 degrees Celsius. In fact, climate, uh, the sociologist uh, explained that climate uh, is a common good. It's something that everybody can use. And even the richest man uh, all over the world is, can't uh, resolve the problem of the climate change alone. So we have to participate at something that is collective in Bordeaux, but not only in Bordeaux, but all over the world. And that's what we want to do. And so I believe one of your goals is to have 46% of emissions by 2030. Yeah. How did you arrive at those particular goals? We have five case strategies in order to reach this objective. The first one is glass and packaging. That represents 28% of our carbon assessment. The second one is winemaking practices that represents 22% of our carbon assessment. After we have the freight, the energy efficiency, and this four focus aims at permit the mitigation of the carbon and of the emission of carbon. And the fifth one is the sequestration. So we have to begin by reducing our emission. And when we won't be able to reduce more, we will complete by the sequestration. And so was the 46% was just an aggregate summation of your targets for each of those five areas? Yes, it is an aggregation. And with these four case strategies, after that, we have an action plan for each focus. We have actions we have to do. For example, for glass and packaging, we want to reduce the weight of the bottles by 10% on average. For the freight, we want less plane, more boat, less truck, more trains, and so on. 
In terms of the key strategies that you just outlined to get to this 46% target, are there ones that are more higher priority than the other ones? No, there is no priority, but sometimes it's simpler. For example, the wine practices, it's something that we began before. And in fact, it's a continuation of the adaptation of the wine growers to the climate change. When we work on the weight of the glass, of the bottle, we have to work with our suppliers. And when we have to work with the suppliers, of course, it's more difficult. This is the reason of our collective strategy. If one one grower wants to speak with a big company that produces bottles, it will be very difficult. But if the Bordeaux Wine Council that represents 6,000 companies speak with three main glassmakers, I hope that our weight will be enough important in order to change their practices. So in terms of the viticultural practices, doing less passes, not using oil-based vehicles, those are all very actionable goals. And it seems like that would be easy for the growers to adapt because that would actually save money as well if they do less passes and if they're using non-oil-based vehicles. What is difficult with the winemaking? The winemaking practices, in fact, the idea is you do less packaging with your tractors and you use less pure oil and you reduce your carbon emission. It means that you use less pesticides and uh, you uh, work differently. So we have to find the good balance uh, between the preservation of the environment and the reduction of the emission of greenhouse gas and the reduction of production because of pests. That's why sometimes it's difficult to change, but we study a lot and we supported a lot of scientist projects that permit to help our wine growers to do the good choice. And in terms of energy efficiency, what are the main areas of focus that you think the area of Bordeaux, the region of Bordeaux, is most effective at adapting to improve energy efficiency? We have in Bordeaux a new generation of cellars built with ecological and local material. It is one way in order to reduce the emission of greenhouse gas. For example, we are going to build the cellars with natural and local and ecological materials. We are going to build semi-underground cellars with vegetative roofs, with natural lights that permits to consume less electricity with the circulation of the wine by gravity. In terms of the 100% of freight and road committed to climate initiatives, I'm curious, because Bordeaux's large network of negotiants and merchants that are traded, there's a lot more people than just working directly with the winery. So how do you go about reducing freight and transportation impacts on the climate? When I say less plane and more boat, I say that because the post-freight, the plane represents 30% of the emission of carbon, but it represents only 4% of the volume. So there is something to do. We have to explain at the consumers that they can't have their wine in three days, but they will have their wine in one or two months. But I think that today the consumers are ready to understand this sort of message. Bordeaux is close to the sea, so we can imagine that 
we could use more of the board, but uh, in fact, uh, the big port that is used by Bordeaux in order to export is Le Havre at the north. Um, we use a lot of the trucks. So it's a long-term strategy, but we want to improve the activity of the port of Bordeaux in order to avoid this distance between Bordeaux and Le Havre. Makes sense. And we are working with trucking companies in order to use companies that are certified with an environmental certification. And this certification can permit to reduce by 20% the emission of carbon of this post. And you covered reducing the glass bottles and packaging by 10%. Does that mean getting away from wood cases and things like that as well? Or is it just about the glass bottle? It's the glass bottle and the packaging. We want to reduce the weight of the bottle by 10%, but we want to promote the cardboard boxes instead of wooden boxes because we know that it permits a better recyclability with a better practicability and permit to save dry materials and to reduce the energy of consumption. The difficulty is wine is sometimes a luxurious product. And uh, in general, for the wine, the loose products uh, are in a wooden box. But we think that tomorrow consumers uh, are more and more uh, aware of the problem of climate change. And we think that if we ask the consumers if they prefer a wooden box or cardboard box, sometimes, People would say, it's okay, I can buy my bottles, even if it's luxurious bottles in a cardboard box. And the last point you had mentioned was carbon capture. I'm curious on how are wineries planning to do carbon capture? Different ways. We want to increase the area with covered grass. So we have a lot of areas with the covered grass today, but we want to improve by 32% the area with covered grass. And we want to plant trees, isolated trees or forest, but also edges. Today in Bordeaux, we set up 150 kilometers of edges on average per year. And we want to continue. Today we calculated and we estimated that the carbon stock in the Bordeaux vineyard is almost 14 million of ton equivalent carbon dioxide. And we know that if we improve 32% the area with cover grass, we will be able to contribute at the neutrality carbon in 2050. Because something is very important. The most important is the mitigation. Because if you don't, the carbon that is emitted is the best carbon. But at the moment, you do all what you can do and you can't decrease again at this moment that the sequestration is important. Just to clarify, you'd mentioned grass, trees, and algae. Is that what I heard? Hedges. 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 Thank you. Hedges makes more sense than algae. So you mentioned part of the definition of sustainability has an economic component to it. So as you think about climate action, what do the business cases or the return on investment for these different strategies that you're implementing around climate action look like from an economics perspective? Are they positive to the wineries or is it coming at a cost to them? It's a very difficult question. As I explained before, climate change is a common good 
and it's difficult to define the cost for each company. What I can say is that in Europe, we estimate that the climate change earns 1% of the GDP of the Europe. And this year, we have two heat waves and the climate was very good in order to make very qualitative wine. We estimate that the production will be reduced by 20% in comparison of year normal. And I did calculate if you sell your bottle $20, the cost of the climate in 2022 is about $24,000 per hectare. That is to say, almost $10,000 per acre. Wow. So if you do nothing, it will earn. But of course, the practices cost for the companies. For example, one solution in order to improve your practices is to buy electric tractors and not thermic tractors. But electric tractors are very expensive. So one solution is to amortize the electric tractor over a longer period of time. It's a different way to work, in fact. One thing very important is to think about what is acceptable by the customer. I have spoken about a wooden box and card box. We can speak about a heavy bottle. I'm not sure that tomorrow, if everybody will want to buy a bottle, if it is too heavy, because everybody will have understood that if the bottle is heavy, it's wrong for the climate change. I think that the idea of luxury is something that will change very quickly because what is luxurious isn't what will be luxurious tomorrow. Absolutely. And you mentioned the tractor example of like an electric tractor costing a lot more than a regular fuel tractor. When it comes to these producers, how big of a difference is that? Is that 10%, 50% difference in terms of the cost of the tractor? Yeah, it's 30% more expensive. After the energy is less expensive, today uh, with Ukrainian war, we know that the energy is more and more expensive. So it's a huge question, the energy for the company. And the cost at the beginning isn't the only thing you have to consider. That's a great point, especially as you look at the ROI and business cases for all these investments or all your member wineries that different scenarios of energy prices could be different returns. And so as you think about Bordeaux as a whole region, how big of an investment is the region making in climate action? Is it billions or millions of dollars? Sorry, I don't know exactly. Or maybe a different way to put it is to achieve the goals and your climate goals as expected. Do you have a sense of how big that investment is? What would have to be, I guess, to achieve those goals? We don't think about our carbon strategy with the economic point of view, because we think that we can't do without this strategy if we want to exist tomorrow. In fact, it's something that we must do. And of course, it will cost, but if we do nothing, it will be worse. And after, I think that if you are a little company, you can begin by things quite simple. And all what we want to do isn't expensive. So you can begin by the cheapest actions. With companies that earn more money, you can try experiment innovative action that, of course, cost more, but it's also good for their image. For example, today, of course, only 
the cru classé uh, can buy electric tractors. But uh, if a lot of people begin to buy electric tractors, they will cost less and less. And it will be something that everybody can have. And you bring up a good point. What's the difference in terms of commitment to climate action between the big chateau and the smaller ones? It must be challenging for a small chateau to have an equal commitment as some of the bigger ones. Yeah, but something is sure that everybody is concerned and that is very important. And everybody can do something that is scale. But of course, we are going to do more with high-end wineries. I can give you an example. We have something very innovative. It is the production of potassium bicarbonate resulting from the emission of carbons during the alcoholic fermentation of the wine. And it's something very innovative at the moment, quite expensive. And the sector, in order to use this potassium bicarbonate, is not, uh, again, really built. We have to explore in order to see how to buy this bicarbonate at the food industry, for example. So we need a few innovative companies in order to work with us on this type of solution. But if tomorrow we are able to build a sector for this potassium bicarbonate, and uh, if we can build this sort of solution in the crop, we will uh, cap a lot of carbon during the fermentation. And it's uh, another uh, way of sequestration. Just to be clear, potassium bicarbonate, I believe we call that baking soda. Is that correct? That's correct. And so is that Smith Olafite that's doing that project? Oh, Monroe's. Great. So I'm curious, as you rolled out these strategies across the region, are there certain segments of Bordeaux, either by size, that you're trying to target to get moved first? I mean, you mentioned that only the Grand Cru Classe could buy the tractors. I'm just curious, how do you basically try to get buy-in from the different chateaux? And how do you put, not pressure, but help them move or encourage them along the way, along this journey towards this 46% target? Interesting question, because my job is proposing collective strategies voted by one growers and merchants, and it is important. But I can't say you have to do that. I must pursue. And for that, I do a lot of action of communication. For example, we organize an annual event on the environmental questions in Bordeaux that is called Forum Environnemental. We organize a webinar and I have to set up collective tools in order to simplify the implementation of the strategy. When I speak about collective tools, I want to say guidelines, I carry out scientific projects, I organize meetings between companies on a specific subject. Of course, I am the voice of the sector in front of the suppliers. And we need time because we have to pursue 6,000 companies. So, of course, it is long and we begin with more interested. And after we know that everybody changes at this time and it's normal. I was wondering if you had some other examples for some chateau or growers that are implementing some of your strategies. Who's a great example of updating their viticulture practices or energy efficiency or reducing their bottle weight? Is there someone that you point to this is a great example for the region? Yes, Chateau Brown decided to use cardboard boxes and less wooden boxes with a very interesting 
work on the packaging. They have a cardboard box with a print that looks quite luxurious. It is a work that they did with the seller mercant in New York because when they asked the seller mercants in New York if it was a problem to change the packaging, the seller mercants explained that wooden boxes is very heavy, very difficult to hold and very difficult to open. In fact, they don't present the wine in the wooden boxes. They open the wooden boxes and after they don't know what to do of this box. They were very pleased to have bottles in cardboard boxes and not in wooded boxes. So finally, it's better for the climate and the customer is happy. But as you said, you can't tell anybody to do something. You have to encourage them and persuade them to be a part of something. Are there other actions coming out that you're going to be announcing soon about some of your proposals that have been well-received? I can give you the example of Chateau Lagrange that set up solar panels on the top of their cellar. What is interesting is that you can't see the solar panels when you arrive because it is on the side that visitors can't see. So, in fact, the property is wonderful with water, with old trees and a beautiful castle. You can't imagine that there are solar panels on the building and it permits to produce 50% of the electricity they use. So it's quite interesting. So I'm curious on the difference between the higher-end wineries, say Grand Cru Classe versus the other growers that are in the region. What feedback are you getting from them around the initiatives you're proposing? I think that the simplest for them is the change of practices. And in Bordeaux in 2022, 75% of the area is certified by uh, an environmental certification with an increase, very important uh, organic certification and other one like HVE, uh, height environmental certification, that is a French certification. And I think that what they want to do today is to change their practice with more cover grass in the vine in order to create a new balance between the vine and the uh, all the, the ecosystem. They plant a lot of trees for the hedges and they try to use less fertilization and less pesticides thanks to uh, this natural balance. I can give you an example. We supported a scientist project that in this project, we studied the bats. We found that the bats eat grape moths, and we found that because uh, we found DNA of the grape moths in the bats' guano. And after that, uh, we wanted to understand the bats eat enough grape moths. So we continued to study, and we realized that when the population of grape moths was important in the vineyard, the hunting activity of the bats was increasing. And we estimate that. On average, bats permit to reduce by 14% the perforation of the larva of these great moths. And for the best situation, it can go until 50%. So finally, bats are best friends to reduce the pesticide. And it costs nothing. But you just have to say, how bats, you're welcome. And for that... You have to plant trees. You have to keep the 
all buildings inside the vineyard. You have to see the cover grass and to let the flowers in the vineyard because we know that when you have biodiversity in the vineyard, you have more bats in the vineyard. So this balance is very interesting and we try to find the good synergy in order to reduce our use of pesticides. And it's an example. I have other one with uh, biodiversity, with uh, spiders and so on. That's great. It sounds like one of the French billionaires will become the real-life Batman. <laughs> yeah. Perhaps. You mentioned that you've got 6,000 chateaux and growers that you're responsible for or trying to convince to do more climate action. How do you think about accountability for the region in terms of hitting your sustainability targets? when you don't have control over whether these producers take action or not? We have indicators and we measure these indicators. We have to drive our strategy in function of the evolution of these indicators. If an indicator is good, well, we let do the things without us and it's not a problem. If we see that one indicator isn't good, we have to communicate more. We have to do more and more action of communication in order to explain. And we can write articles in specialized newspaper and we can realize webinars and so on. But I'm very optimistic because in Bordeaux, there are not climatoseptic because we know we can see the climate change every year. This year, we have two heat waves. Last year, we have a late frost. And every year, we have climatic problem. So I think that wine growers in Bordeaux are very implicated in this strategy. I'm sure that we will be successful. When I speak with the suppliers, I feel the same thing. And when I speak with the bank, they have the same objectives. Tomorrow, in France, if you don't have an environmental project for your company, the bank won't finance you. Wow. It's something important. What are the advantages do you have as a broader organization at creating and sustaining change versus the wineries doing it themselves or individual initiatives? Like as a region, having an organization that pushes in the right direction, what's the advantage of that? When we ask the wine growers what they want us to do, they say that they wanted, we were the voice of the wine sector. So this mission is something that is asked by the wine growers. And finally, it's something important for us and we are going to do this. Besides, I have 1 million euros of budget each year for scientist projects. And these scientist projects are all turned around the sustainability. And I have one other million of euros for the collective actions. And these two million euros are for all the community of the Bordeaux wine sector. So what's one piece of advice that you'd give to another winery as they consider taking action for climate change? I would say every action is important. I would say in order to begin you can calculate your carbon assessment and there is a collective tool that permits to do that. And after that, you can plan your action. And the action of 
Mr. D won't be the same that the action of Mr. C. Because everybody is different and every company is different. After that, uh, I will explain that they can find on our website a lot of collective tools they can use and that uh, will simplify uh, their life. And after, I would say uh, good luck and I trust in you. Always good to have some encouragement as well. <laughs> Just starting, looking into it and chipping away where you can. Great advice. We want to wrap up the episode on a personal note. We are curious, what was the most memorable bottle of wine that you've had in the last year and who did you drink it with? As I work for the Bordeaux Wine Council, it's different to ask on a particular wine. But what I can say is that when I drink something and something that I love, it's because I am with persons I love. And it's because there is a beautiful history around this bottle. I would say it was last spring with my family and I opened a bottle that was produced by a very young woman that studied in order to become a teacher and finally decided that she didn't want to be a teacher, but she wanted to be a wine grower. And she's very young uh, with a lot of energy. And she tried to make his own wine, which is very new, but in the respect of the tradition of his grandfather. And I love this beautiful person. I opened this bottle with my family and it was a wonderful dinner with husband and my two daughters. We spoke about this person and I think it's what must be a good bottle of wine. Conviviality, an history and a bit of dream. It's always interesting. The backstory about the person who made the wine becomes just as important or as important as what's actually in the glass. I agree. Well, thank you for your time. We greatly appreciate you sharing what the region of Bordeaux is doing towards climate change and sustainability. Don't forget to support the show at xchateau.com or patreon.com slash xchateau. Thanks for joining us. If you loved this episode of X Chateau, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.